0: n-e-t-s-u-i-t-e dot com slash (laughs) w-t-f all right let's do this how are you what the fuckers what the fuck buddies what the fucking ears what the fuck nicks what the fuckocrats? what's happening my name is mark maron this is my podcast wtf welcome to it happy monday morning Good morning to you. I don't know when you listen to this. But man, I hope you made it through the weekend. I hope uh, I hope you're hanging in. Uh, today on the show, Tracy Ullman is here. Do you know Tracy Ullman? Do you remember Tracy Ullman? I shouldn't say it like that. She's always been doing things. She's got her second season of her HBO show, which is called Tracy Ullman Show, that premieres uh, this Friday, October 20th. She's done a lot of stuff, a lot of characters, a lot of things, insanely talented, Uh, human being that Tracy Ullman she's going to be here in just a bit oh my god I got to get back into the Sam Pants it's time for Sam Pants I'm a little nervous about Sam Pants, I'm shooting today, today is the first day of shooting for the second season of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, Glow and uh, you know I quit nicotine I got a lot of other things going on and quit coffee so I'm feeling a little doughy feeling a little thick and now i got to get back into the sand pants. I hope the sand pants fit, because I don't need any extra discomfort on set. Uh, first script is uh, looks good. don't know where the season is going. But there are th- some things that are set in motion right out of the gate. And it's uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to be going back to work uh, to do the, uh, the TV show. Because now that means I can just add more work. I can do the TV show. I can do the podcast. I can do stand-up. And I can have no time for anything else. And I can just slowly you know, anxiously come unhinged. Great plan, right? We were just up in uh, the Bay Area. Brendan McDonald, uh, my producer and business partner, uh, and myself were up at uh, Litquake. We did the, uh, the. Uh, we were in the Mission at the Alamo Draft House, which is, I think, the old Mission Theater, uh, doing an event, a Waiting for the Punch event. The book, I think, is... Uh, Doing well. We, it's it's hard to know with books, but a lot of people came and a lot of people were excited. A lot of people bought books both at the New York event and at the San Francisco event. We're going to try to fit in some more events. I think we're going to do one in uh, Los Angeles and maybe some uh, up north. I, I don't know. It's kind of tricky because, as I said, I'm shooting a TV show. I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing stand-up. And I've got other things going on in my personal life that I'm not going to disclose at this point in time. Everything's good. Not a big problem other than the world is ending, shit is on fire, earths are quaking, and uh, people are coming unhinged. Some days, man, I don't know what it is, but there's just a ripple through the culture where everyone's just fucking unhinged on the street. Yesterday was one of those days where just people, I just, you walk down the street and you just hear someone yelling. It's got that distant crazy person sound. Just someone, you know, there's a certain pitch that occurs uh, when the brain it craps out that it, it's elevated, and when you hear it outdoors, you're sort of like, what's, what's going on over there? What's happening wherever that guy's yelling? So uh, that just, I just, like, sometimes it just seems like it's all over the place. Excuse me, I'm drinking some tea. So, yeah, but the events went great. I hadn't been up in San Francisco in a while. I went up, uh, Sarah the Painter had a, a lovely opening at the uh, Tony Meyer uh, Gallery or Fine Arts Place. Uh, her gallery up there. We did that opening Thursday night. It was lovely. Met some painters, some artsy types, some poets, some thoughtful people. Uh, then, uh, then, and and the paintings were were spectacular. Then the following night, Brendan and I do this event. He talks to me. I talk to him on stage, and we take questions. And that went great. Had some nice food in San Francisco. As I, I've been to San Francisco a lot. I lived there briefly. I don't know. I I never know what is happening. I always feel. I started to realize this time that perhaps the Victorian architecture, so many Victorian structures, that maybe it just feels fucking haunted to me. I never really put it together. There's a lot of chaos and riffraff, and you feel like you're at the edge of sanity on most streets in uh, San Francisco. Not in a bad way. There's not. It doesn't feel. There's there's a a pretty uh, bad homeless problem, and there there are certain areas of the city that are nuts, but uh, the entire city itself just feels like it's on edge. And if you look at the way it's sort of structured, there's no grid, everything's cutting into the, to the other street, and then the rolling hills of just homes, defying God to shake them down. And just uh, there just seems to be something, there, there feels like a frenetic edge to San Francisco. Even when you get out into the hippie regions, which are now on fire, that was the other thing. Very fucking devastating. Very sad. My heart goes out to anybody who's battling those fires or is losing, you know, homes and and friends in those fires. It's just it's just horrible, it, and it's ongoing. And uh, the you could feel it in the air. You could you could taste it in the air in San Francisco. You could barely breathe, and it was just disturbing and heartbreaking. What's going on up in northern California with these wildfires? Just completely out of control. And it, it's really not. It's really hard. It gets harder day in day out. Not to, to lump all this stuff together. Not to think like, maybe I do, do I need to read Revelations again? Could it possibly, I mean, am I, am I off about this? Am I being too practical by being uh, atheist? Is it happening? I know there are people committed to it happening. There's the resurgence in a big way of Christo-fascism, which is, you know, always exciting. Has a lot of support. Not all the people, not half of the people but enough to make it very uncomfortable uh the christo fascists they're coming up they're coming up and uh our president who is uh i think practically in most practical terms satan uh the the evangelicals have made a deal with satan to pursue their agenda and that uh it's always been teeming it's always been under the surface it's always been there it's been there for years but now they got their guy and who would have known it would have been satan that makes perfect sense So maybe I'm going to revisit Revelations because the fires, the earthquakes, the complete applied irony of the end of this governmental system. Every day, every day, hard to transcend. Sometimes I'm giddy with terror, giddy with terror. That's the approach. Just remember, at all times, there's a very powerful force and momentum of ideological people that are trying to put in place what needs to be put in place to secure their place in heaven and the kingdom of the uh, hereafter. So just know that the applied prophecy element is intact and that uh, many people are working towards Armageddon, and it's something they see needs to happen to fulfill their ideological and spiritual agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Death is better than life to a lot of people. They're looking forward to it and they want to take a lot of us out with them. So, terrified and giddy. So, I told you about San Francisco. That went well. Having a little problem, had to get you know there there's so many things you got to do to protect yourself. And I'm talking on a technological basis. I, just, I think I, I've outsecured myself. I, I got very frustrated. I try to keep my shit together. I'm trying to keep a, a level head in general. I'm trying I feel a little better without the caffeine without the nicotine yeah. other than being a little chubby. I think my anxiety is limited. but uh, I had to get uh, I had to get some line of credit approved. I didn't realize I had to do it. I had to sign up for something and they had to you know go and check my credit. and because Experian, the, the credit agency, uh, my identity was stole, my, stolen a few years back. Some of you remember that ordeal. And because I filed a, peri- a police report, which you know doesn't go anywhere, but you have filed it and you tell Experian that you did that. And then they put a, an alert on your social security number for seven years, which is great. But uh, I had to use my social security number. And they asked me these series of questions from Experian over the phone to uh, authenticate. And uh, I couldn't answer them. And these were questions designed to protect me. And what they did was they protected me from me. And I can, now I got to go down to the place with a passport because uh, I, I, I out-secured myself. I mean, passwords are one thing, but these questions were ridiculous. I don't fucking remember my, my landline number from 20 years ago. I barely remember the addresses of where I lived. So I screwed myself, but that my social security number is safe. I can't even get to it. Tremendous. God, man, it's going to get crazy. It's going to get crazy now. Three months. Three months. I got to look at it like that. You got to look at, you know, when you're entering a fucking cycle of insanity. It's like, well, I'm out in three months. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen in three months? Anxious. Anxious. Terrified and giddy. My guest today, Tracy Ullman. Uh, incredibly funny, uh, amazing. Uh, I, I I don't know you would call her an impressionist because, you know, she does characters, she does impressions, but she commits, man. Uh, the second season of her HBO show, which is called Tracy Ullman Show, premieres this Friday, October 20th. This is me talking to the amazing Tracy Ullman. All right, uh, So you, you, you're not—we establish you're not a cat person, really. You don't I have. I do like cats. Yeah.
1: My daughter has two cats, but they're just really mean to us. Oh really? The whole family—they like her, but they just. Really, well, what do you expect from them? One's completely mad and feral. But, she oh. Just sits underneath the sofa and.
0: Where'd she Hits get that at one? at people
1: with sort of yellow eyes. You know? <sighs> yeah. And, and the other one's called Edith and just loves Mabel and that's it. And just, you know, I go around there. I do the litter box. I, you know, I feed her. I yeah. take her treats. And at the end of it, I just go, so bye, Edith. And yeah. she goes, ah, and jumps at me and slashes Nothing. slashes Nothing. my chest. And you got to fight. It's not a lot in it for me.
0: <laughs> I know, but that's, you have to be patient.
1: I know. And she, cr- well, Mabel says that, but it's, you know and when I go home my dog is just great you I know, know but th-
0: don't, I don't trust that it's just sort of <sighs> like I, I get it you like me <laughs> I don't, that much uh, affection from yeah. anything I find uh, disconcerting but you know that's me I got problems. Yeah, you, what like, you?
1: you like to. I know, maybe like a little struggle. Intense. It's so obvious you would be a cat person. Just having met you, just really. Yeah, you can spot cat people, and and all cats voted Brexit. That's my theory. <laughs> no. They would. Do you know what I mean? No. You yeah, know, one other. They no. want European cats coming over, taking their litter, taking the. They're all voted. Brexit. I, I
0: don't. I will not accept that. I, my they cats. Did. My Come cats on. are very pro- progressive. <laughs>
1: Well, oh, look where you are, Eagle yeah. Rock cats. Yeah, yeah. You know. These
0: are Eagle Rock cats. They're progressive. They're nervous. Uh, mm. They're inclusive, but it takes a little while. <laughs> like I introduced a black kitten, into the, I got two old cats. You saw them on the bed. They're very
1: there. PC about the black kitten. Of it, course. Took you, it took time. It took time. Well,
0: there was a lot. There was a lot of skirmishes. Well, sc- and
1: <laughs> skirmishes? cat
0: skirmishes.
1: You don't have the old coyote problem because that's the problem I don't let in L.A. Outside.
0: I'm not going to let them oh, outside anymore. Yeah, well,
1: I did. I got a cat for my son Johnny, and it was like eating on the lawn, you know. that's the problem here?
0: They just yeah. One of them, I do with outdoor cats. Eagles
1: watch. swoop down, yeah. And take them off. It's, it's yeah.
0: It's a dangerous horrible. place. But it's also the way the world works, Tracy. That's the ways of the yes. wild. I lost a feral cat recently uh, yeah, to, uh, to, to something. Coyotes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I'm I I've been uh, meditating on your career, mm-hmm. uh, and it's quite expansive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
0: do you i mean do you look back you're you're really i i mean we're almost the same age and i have not accomplished anywhere near uh, what you've done when you sit and think about it do you ever sit and think about like oh my god i've been in show business forever 40 and I,
1: years? Well, I i started dancing when i was 16.
0: isn't it incredible
1: yeah it's and really you've had so, you've
0: had many shows with your name on them They always seem to involve your name.
1: Well, it's the easiest way for the TV guide. And if you, (laughs) you know, me and my husband always like, you know, owned them. So we wanted to sell them.
0: Yeah. So so just put
1: your name on them. Why are you going to try and be mysterious? And you stayed married for a long time? I know. My lovely husband. Yeah, I lost my husband. uh, He died four years ago. But yeah, we were married married 30 years. And it was good. Oh, yeah. He was my fella. He was great. He made me laugh all the bloody time. But I've got his two kids. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're just, <laughs> are, are yeah, they I've your got students? my daughter. Yeah. He yeah. looks so like him. Yeah. Um, How old is she? My son is 26 in a minute, and he's like his dad. He really makes me laugh. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. And the so daughter My with daughter's the
1: 31. Yeah, Mabel. Yeah. With the cats. Yeah. <laughs>
0: she doesn't make you laugh?
1: Oh, she's hilarious. <laughs> they're just fabulous. Fabulous. Are they in show okay. business? Um, no, Mabel, when she was three, somebody said... Uh, do you want me an actress like your mommy? And she said, no, I want to be something useful, like a nurse. She's very disparaging about Uh, show business. Um, (laughs) And what does she do? She wanted to be a politician. She worked at the Houses of Parliament for five years. So
0: they're both in Britain? She
1: nearly got... No, Johnny Johnny lives and works here. He he's working on James Corden's show right now. He's um, he's helping f- out on that.
0: Uh, he, J- James has been in here. I've been on the show. He's a he's a an excitable fellow.
1: Excitable. <laughs> he's got a lot of energy. He does. He's got big plans for a British boy. He's very <laughs> confident. But he's been um, <laughs> he's doing all right. I he's guess. He's been very time good spot. to my son. Yeah, he is. He's come over and he's done it.
0: And he's that that uh, car karaoke thing that that that's the star of that show.
1: That's a very smart premise, isn't it? It, it's it a is. Spin-off. It's
0: very entertaining.
1: It's so great. He gets people to be totally natural and admit stuff and talk to him that in a way they never would. Yeah. In a couch interview yeah. format. In the car, so, you mean,
0: or yeah. on a show? Yeah. No, there's something sweet about it's people lovely. singing.
1: Yeah, and Elton John, and uh, you know, it was, it was the best interview I'd seen him give in a long time. And oh yeah, I think he's 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 really learned how to listen to people.
0: Did you know him in England?
1: No, not really. I I was in. Into the Woods, the movie, um, I was a little... I had a part in that, with, and we sort of crossed paths in that. But you and, didn't know him uh, as a
0: TV presenter? Or what was he? He was an actor, <laughs> he's wasn't an he? was an actor,
1: yeah. And I remember that, seeing is... him in the History Boys at the National and and uh, in One Man, Two Governors, which I think really attracted the attention for him to yeah. CBS. But, ago.
0: but your daughter's in politics.
1: Y- yeah, she was. She's really passionate about politics, Um Always was. I took her to the House of Commons. And yeah,
0: and that was it? Planted the seed? She was like seed.
1: seven, and she looked at the House of Lords and the House of Commons and said, I want to be in there with the real people. With the real people. She wanted to the people. House of Commons. Oh, yes. She was always saying very profound things, R. Mabel.
0: And at the, like, because I, I watch a bit of you doing Theresa May.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, I, like, and I noticed something in watching a newer thing, like, all the way through... Your ability to to mock and humanize simultaneously is, is the
1: real gift, <laughs> mock isn't <or> it? <laughs> and I'm not nasty, actually. I do well, like I can... people. I can't. And it was a tough time to impersonate Theresa May. But you know, th- but you made her sympathetic
0: somehow. I and, it, and, that, and that's yeah, not a bad she is. thing.
1: She's like a because I know that sort of English woman so well, you know. Sort of talks like that, you know, and it's all very well let's just get on, shall we? Um and she's a vicar's daughter from Maidenhead. And I know exactly where she's from, and yeah. my sister's the same age as her, and we grew up near her. Yeah. And you couldn't be more different, you know, me or Theresa May. And uh yeah, she's got a bit of a hunchback. She looks like a sort of. She looks like as if Nosferatu and Oscar Wilde had a child. Oh, she looks like the vicar from the Barchester Chronicles, a yeah. Trollope novel. And she's just a Dickensian looking. Ca- I mean, it's. <laughs> but um, the man that plays my husband in it is yeah. Philip. He was just wonderful. We had a wonderful day being them. And yeah. The, knowing how in pain she must be right now we shot it just after the election and that terrible Grenfell fire and you know i thought can i do this this is you know there's so many so much suffering this woman can go through and then tracy olman impersonates <laughs> her in prime time it's like leave her alone you yeah. know but, but then we did it and it was just fabulous fun and I, but the I nation needed it this- the nation needed it. Yeah, you showed
0: up for the. See, like as a as an American who's relatively uh, ignorant or at least disconnected from the nuances of of British politics, I don't know what you're all going through over there. It's
1: rough. I mean, it's Brexit was for me. It was just awful
0: because at that moment you realized that you were surrounded and did not know necessarily. Uh, the disposition or ignorance or or contempt of your well, g- fellow British people?
1: Yeah, it was just a bad mistake for David Cameron to call a referendum. He didn't need to do it. It was to, you know, silence his backbenchers and all those reasons. And it was, I mean, I love being a European, you know, yeah. since, you know, we've been in Europe. It's, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I remember it before we went into Europe. It yeah. was pretty crappy. We ate spotted dick and... <laughs> Things like that. And what we, is spotted dick? Oh, it's a sponge pudding with raisins in it. And it's yeah. just a great thing to say, isn't yeah. it? Would no, you like fun. some spotted, spotted dick? dick.
0: I, uh, yeah. I'm so
1: scared we might go back to our old culinary habits in England. <laughs> that's once, once we we <laughs> That's my concern. I mean, it's been great. I the Italians and the French there, they bring in all the great food. You know, with the, the food level in England we went up. And all, you know, and we can all get on that tunnel and go to France for lunch. And You think, oh, that's going to go away? <laughs> Uh, they're they're pissed off with us. I mean, it's 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 odd. It's a weird feeling psychologically, especially in London. You know, the big city. And but it, you know, yeah, it's I mean, it's the same as here. You know, like Then I I'm an American too, and I yeah. came home to vote in November, and I got that Brexit gut about eight o'clock. I thought this is not going oh, when, well. When I when thought I s- something bizarre is going to happen here too. When I saw
0: the Brexit vote, that was when I realized, like, oh, this guy can win.
1: Yeah, did yeah. you?
0: I did sort mm-hmm. of like that. I, I likened it to that scene in Godfather 2 where Michael Corleone sees the guy blow himself up. And he says to Lee Strasberg, he says, mm-hmm. uh, I saw so this guy blow himself up in, in, uh, in Strasberg. goes, what does that mean to me? He says, it means they could win. Like there's a moment there uh-huh. globally where you're like, the momentum is there.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what's yeah. happening there now? What's gonna is it is it just stalled? Well, is just it
1: tons of negotiations and you know as you know Theresa May called an election and
0: uh, yeah that was a, that a was mistake. disastrous.
1: Um, Do you think
0: it's gonna not go I, through? It just
1: I hope not. I mean I think it'll dissolve into a mess. I don't know. I mean I think we'll be begging them to come Maybe back in, just,
0: in five years. Right. They'll just stop talking about it. and hope, hope it goes then. away as soon as
1: then. Then all those flats they've built for all those people that work in the city. You know you see those big hoardings everywhere, and it's always young people with burberry bags on bicycles waving (laughs) it's it's it's, always like young professionals coming to london buying lots of flats and shopping a lot and drinking organic coffee they ain't gonna come anymore and and once our you know financial services stuff starts to collapse in the city everyone's gonna really panic so i don't i don't know the it's uh it's not going well
0: yeah yeah and you're are you living there full time now
1: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah? I'm,
0: uh... But are there still good things? Because I was just there, and I don't know a lot about it, but, like, I always feel when I'm in England, or when I'm in London, which I'm not there for that long ever, that, like, this place has been here a long time. Mm. It's seen a lot of stuff, good and bad, and it just seems like the, the people are, are pretty, you know, tough about it. Mm-hmm. And that it doesn't feel, like, I didn't, I didn't feel, but then again, I, I, I was just going on, you know, uh, you know whatever, it's psychic... Vibe I was getting it didn't. Where do feel... you
1: stay, when you come into London, I was
0: trying to remember. I stayed right next to the uh, the the big park there, to Hyde Park, in a fancy hotel that Netflix well, put me a, up there. Well, that's here
1: in the centre in the fancy and bits. It, a You nice... want to go out to Luton where they have darts tournaments and vote Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> you're staying in the nice bits. See, we're in the yeah, you I mean, go over there and you're in the bubble. Yeah. We're here, we're in a bubble. You yeah. go out, you know. My daughter, having worked in politics for years, yeah. you know, she was out in the rest of the country. She could see it coming. You yeah. know, it's like we do get trapped in these big centers and
0: uh, i only had three days i, mean, I, I should have i should <laughs> yeah. have made some plans to go out to see a dart tournament
1: <laughs> i love when i see americans I go how many kilometers is it <laughs> it's like guys don't say kilometers um <laughs> but when you where did you grow up i grew up just outside in, in the countryside really the green belt area around london um jim connor's ponies um I'm, really? not, I'm not a cockney or you know a real londoner actually
0: but you were born in where In you were born uh, Dernum, in like
1: slough do you know where they set the office the original yeah, yeah, ricky yeah. gervais office yeah. you know that roundabout you see at the yeah. beginning of the show yeah. that's they knocked my father's shop down to put up that piece of 60s crap uh so i was like you know from like 14 miles outside london would uh, it be considered
0: like a suburb yeah but, of london yeah. yeah and what and what kind of shop did your dad have there
1: Um, he was he did everything he was a he was at Dunkirk and he was in the Polish army and he came to London, and he never went back after the war. And he was a, a lawyer and an interpreter. And he set up a big shop in London for all the Poles uh-huh. that came and made their lives there. And you, you wanted furniture, you went to John. You you, you wanted
0: he was a like, wife,
1: you went to John. Right. You wanted you wanted a beetle suit, you went to John. And he, he was just, the Polish
0: uh, conduit. He was to <laughs> he was English <laughs> culture. Yeah,
1: he just he he was fantastic. So he yeah. was like
0: a, he was probably one of those guys that was sort of like the mayor
1: yeah in a way, like yeah. of
0: that community. like everybody knew him kind he, exactly.
1: Of yeah, that's what he my dad did. Um, and he became a lawyer as well. He was a lawyer from in, in Poland. So, so he helped so, with legal advice. yeah, and, everything. yeah. he'd like.
0: Yeah, and and in what, what so the office that they leveled was his law office?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, we had like an office. It was like it was a shop. It was everything. He had the Beatles suits in there. You got you want Winkle, you want yeah. Winky Pickles. you go to John. You you know, he had everything in there. He'd make me dance on the counter for the customers, you know. <laughs> My Tracy, she's so talented, she's a star. Um and uh, oh, he sweet. sold suits and he used to let Character. a couple of nutty guys that had been in the desert rats who had gone a bit crazy with the sun living the Back room, and it was incredible. What a, he had desert yeah, rats in the back the room. The guys that had been in the army, the oh, Polish army, that remember him? this, my man, Mister Dugosh, who was completely crazy. He yeah. let him. He, he felt sorry for me He used to let him live in the back, back room. <laughs> and as kids, we would always be talking to Mister Dugosh. He was completely mad. <laughs> So you grew up with characters. Mad, yeah, mad people.
0: That's sweet. It's it,
1: sort of sweet, yes. My grandfather
0: owned a hardware store. It, it was always, there was always people there. You know, it, was, it never just seemed to function as a place where people bought appliances. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, they needed advice, they needed other things. Yeah, that needed... was
1: how I remember, yeah, as a kid with my dad, yeah.
0: And what, what, how long was he around?
1: Well, he died when I was six, so, um, oh, and my so, mom. I know.
0: It's so young.
1: Yeah, I was. What um, happened? Um, had a heart attack, heart problems, um... Then my mom, kind of didn't speak Polish or couldn't carry on with the whole business, and so she, you know, we just she our from? fortunes changed. She was a Londoner. Uh, she was a so South should, London girl.
0: She no longer could keep be the conduit. No, to the Polish she couldn't commun- be the
1: conduit. No, she could, she never spoke the language well enough. So uh, and then our fortunes up? came and went, and my mom did various things and worked in various places and uh,
0: odd jobs.
1: Yeah, she'd work in laboratories, like that tested food and weird stuff, you know, and bring food home and test we'd it? be we'd be eating it. We'd you know she thought it was all right. One like <laughs> she brought a load of this corned beef home, and me and my sister had been eating it, you know, yeah. for like three days, and then she went, "Oh, girls, don't eat that. It's unfit for human consumption." I've just found out. We're like, it's a bit late now, Mum. What <laughs> uh, she
0: just brought it home thinking yeah. like, well, they don't need it.
1: Yeah, she would the, do things like that. She was she's crazy too. She's hilarious.
0: And is she still around? No, oh. no, I'm an
1: orphan now.
0: I'm sorry. It happened late though.
1: Yeah, she was. She lived a lot longer.
0: So when did the uh, when did you start like doing the show business?
1: I used to get on my mother's windowsill when my dad died and do the Tracy Ullman show. I used to pull the curtains For really? across. Yeah, that the was original like, Tracy. That Ullman was show? the original Tracy Ullman show. Started in my mother's bedroom and, and she was sad she was on the bed she would sit on the bed and I would just want to cheer her up and I would impersonate people and put on a show and wear her negligee's and how old were you I'd pretend I was Edith Piaf oh. and sing in pretend French you know she'd go oh isn't it amazing she's <laughs> never learnt she can speak another language <laughs> and she said a load of stupid things and <laughs>
0: I, did just, you have, and I used to
1: act and, yeah. and I used to be, did, pretend I was in a documentary and my husband was in prison and I had two kids and I was being beaten up and I used to do all dramatic stuff. Where
0: would you get that information? I don't
1: know, Ken Loach films.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, did, did, <laughs> did you have siblings?
1: Yeah, my older sister, Patty. Who, it was her show originally, so I'm a spin-off from oh, her show. She yeah, always yeah. says, "Like, listen, it was the Paddy Almond show, <laughs> and I let you have a shot on the show, and then you spun off." Really, yeah.
0: What for your whole life was a spin-off <laughs> of your sister's yeah. show? What does she do?
1: Um, Paddy lives here. She's lived here for a long, long time. She's a, a accountant and a personal assistant she worked in a bank and stuff so
0: that's interesting that you started entertaining because your mom was sad
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: I know that feeling my dad was sort of a depressive and Mm -hmm. you just want to try to help him out get a little chuckle it's very rewarding yeah to get the your parent to laugh
1: really was yeah and that was my fun too to put on a show yeah lots of kids like putting on shows and so I did
0: and you just always the, the impersonations were just a natural thing or did you feel-
1: Well, I'd impersonate people in our village, like there was a woman that lived opposite us called Annie Cox and she'd lost her fiancé in the First World War and um, she Never wore remembered. Wellington boots, rubber boots and a woollen hat and her nose dripped. <laughs> Little bit, always a little drip, and had a lot of cats by the way. Mark, she was a cat person, uh huh. So, so with her cats. Of course, you could let them out in England, There wasn't a bloody great coyote yes, gonna eat or them hawks. there. Eagles. No, no, hawks. Ha This was Burnham in the 60s, and I would impersonate her. And of course, my family knew who she was, and it would just make them weep with laughter. Yeah. no Wellington boots, uh-huh. so it was always people I knew and people I sort of were poignant to me like Annie Cox was sad you know. Yeah. she lived in a little house with no electricity and you know her fiance had died as I said and she was just like this eternal virgin
0: but you were never being mean
1: no I just loved that's interesting
0: her. that because I, I I don't know if I thought about it as queerly as I did when I was watching some of your stuff again that uh that there's a difference between making fun of somebody and honoring them, you know, in, in a way.
1: Yeah, I do. If, it, if I've ever gotten too mean, it's not been me and I've, you know. Pushed back again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not doing stand-up. I'm not a social, I mean, someone called me a social satirist once a part, I'm like, that's wonderful, but I don't, I really am a character actress, you know, and I'm. Uh, that can you know it makes people laugh. Some of the things I do, I'm I'm, I'm not a com- I'm not a comedian. I'm not a comic. I'm not. A, that's not what I do. But do you do you improvise within these characters? All yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. I, love I doing mean, that.
0: right. So I mean that you know you do have you're mm. not you're not just an actress. You're an improviser You know. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. Oh, well, the, the first Yeah,
1: my big breakthrough was when I was 21 and I did a improvised play at the Royal Court in in London, and uh, it was just brilliant to be able to make up a yeah. play yeah. in a few weeks, and that's what I love doing.
0: Yeah? What was that about?
1: It was like about club acts in England. We had to, four of us were, we had to improvise over 14 weeks to just figure out, you know, club acts that were back in their digs at night talking. And it was, I know it sounds pretty dull, but it was really great. It was a big hit. Who were the club acts? I was like a singer. I was a born-again Christian singer called Beverly. Sparkly frocks, and I said to get home and pray with everybody.
0: <laughs> you've done a and... lot of uh, Christian characters, <laughs> have I? Well, have you done a few? I saw one, a fairly recent one, the oh, the one with the 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 niece, <laughs> the, you, the no homo thing.
1: Oh right. God, you know, that was like Birdie Godsend. That was a while ago. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, so anyway, it was it was fanatics
0: are are fun to uh, to do impressions of.
1: Yeah, I just. Yes, they are. Yeah.
0: Do you sometimes like I, I I I don't envy them, but like they're they're the way they're so sure.
1: <laughs> you, I know. I wish I was. Yeah, right. I know.
0: I mean, I guess that's the big perk of having very narrow-minded beliefs and 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 uh, yeah, you know it's
1: easier maybe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what 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 happens after that? The royal court thing. Let's then go I got through it.
1: Poached to do like a poached. I mean, I just got asked to do a BBC sketch show. With a couple of guys, and I remember saying, "Oh, I don't know if I could do that." Um, you know, women are always just the butt of sexual jokes, and I don't—I haven't got big tits, and I'm not blonde, and I—I, I, you know, because all there was in England that time ty- at that time really was like Benny Hill. Maggie> you got it,
0: like that... Italy- vessels, tous, one, no
1: that... yeah. Oh, big tits! Oh, nurse! Oh, Benny's pinching her bum. Oh, Mister, it was that. It was Monty Python. They had one girl in it, in their troupe called Carol, somebody who always played the sexy nurse. And there were no women. It wasn't like America, where you had Gilda Radner and Carol Burnett and Lucille Ball. And, you know, we were very behind. But you had great women stage actresses. Yes, of course. That's what I wanted to be. I mean, I was, I mean, you know, Peggy Ashcroft and Judy Dench and Maggie Smith, they are. Who I aspire to be, and I'm when I'm older. Oh my goodness, I, they're the best. But right. as you know, comedy as, yeah. shows there was no sitcom really, or or um, a, a variety show with a woman
0: that wasn't just heading being, it. No, so you felt like hemmed in. You couldn't do anything.
1: No, and I, you know, I thought I don't want to be Benny Hill girl. But the, this show that I yeah. ended up doing after the theatre show was great, and the and the, the the producer was a guy called Paul Jackson who. He, he'd figured out that there was a lot of young people in London at that time, like Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders yeah, and uh, Hugh Laurie and oh. Stephen Fry and, you know, the comic stream. He realized there was this whole wave of younger comedians and that, you know, w- weren't going to fit these TV formats. What year and was this? This was like the early 80s. Yeah. And, uh,
0: God, it lasted that he long. Was, huh? He
1: was great. And he did the young ones, you know, and he... Figured out, you know that, that to let us like do what new we wave. could do. Yes, he was definitely new wave Paul, and he was he was at the BBC. But he, you know, he just said to all the old sorts of farts at the BBC, "Listen, we're going to try something very new." in 1981 <laughs> yeah yeah
0: and like was stuart lee around
1: then too yeah stewart was uh that yeah, was that his was first like when stuart he started doing really. yeah.
0: before he quit and then came back yeah <laughs> he did he like did stand up and he got sick of the yeah. audiences and then he's like i'm done and then he came back he's brilliant
1: and alexi sale and rick Mayle, um and so but they, they were very much stand up comment I, I remember going to see them i mean i saw dawn and Jennifer, because they, they were did a, women. Sh- they did a team Oh, thing. they were amazing. I saw them at this club in Soho, and I just thought, oh, my God, this is... This is the this is yeah, the future. The, yeah, yeah. They, they came on and pretended to be like American girls talking about Tam O'Shanners and stuff, and they were just so <laughs> fresh and weird and wonderful. And they were women. They were yeah. really funny. So I and got Hugh very Laurie, excited was he by in them. A team yeah, too? Hugh and Stephen used to have a Stephen Fry. I saw him. Yeah, they had an act together. Yeah, I don't like. I wish I knew.
0: Like I wish I knew more about. Like I always say this when I talk to to. British performers that, are, like, I don't know enough... I don't know the history of it. I didn't grow mm-hmm. up with it. Mm. But everyone talks w- about, like, certainly Stephen Fry with such reverence, like, and he's a genius. And I'm sure he is, but I got to watch that stuff. What was...
1: Well, what- that was... it's That was their club act together, their stand-up. was. I don't think there's any record of that. Really. It was just... Uh, maybe it is on their bit of Fry and Laurie I'm not sure but he was in that tradition of the real genius A generation before was Peter Cook oh yeah right right Peter Cook and Dudley Moore Moore, Peter Cook was a genius I mean he could write he was just you know in the Beyond the Fringe yeah 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 with Alan Bennett and Peter Cook I mean there it was you know incredible where does Um, rowan
0: atkinson fit into everything that
1: he was like just before me a couple of years before they did a program called not the nine o'clock news and that was rowan and mel smith and it was really really funny um, yeah yeah yeah. like but we never had our own sort of saturday night live see what i did when i first came to america was i didn't work straight away jim james brooks bless him he told me he said you can have a baby and all that, and then we'll do a show. He said, go to the Museum of Broadcasting and watch all the American stuff from the late 40s, 50s, and get a grounding. Yeah. In. And so I watched your show of shows and Imogene Coker and all those Ernie Kovacs, and I watched on all those shows that had been... You know uh, formats that had come from England and vice versa. I learned so much. I used to sit there every day.
0: It must have blown your mind. It was
1: amazing, and that's when I, as I say, I realized how incredible the the women and
0: James Brooks told you to do that. He did. But before that, you had this whole like you did. You did a show with French and Saunders,
1: right? I did briefly, yeah it was it was the three of you it was Mo- called and- girls on top and it was with an american girl called ruby wax and it was it was like the the female young ones because the young ones was you know that rick male and alexis and, and how long did that last i just did a year because i was having a baby <laughs> so they went were it a bit longer yeah i was married like i was 20 early 20s how'd you
0: meet your husband
1: i he was a producer on a show which show oh he uh not that one <laughs> He was, um, I used to see his name a lot on the credits. I think, oh, that guy does a lot of stuff. <laughs> and he, <laughs> and then he, he saw me on television and just did that classic, I'm going to marry that girl.
0: Oh, really? Which is hilarious. What, what did he see you on? That one made the impression. Don't you don't remember? I that don't sound?
1: know. He just said he was sitting in his flat. He used to live in America, though, in the 70s. He'd gone over. Um, oh,
0: the crazy so, 70s? He was in Hollywood in the crazy oh, 70s? Had he had all the good stories? He, he had
1: all the parties with Harry Nielsen oh, and no, Peter she, Kirk and Robin Williams. up. He bought Spielberg's old house wow. up on Lookout Mountain, a tiny little house. And this and before
0: you met him? Before he met me. Oh, uh, he was
1: a bugger. He was always Playboy bunny girl. Yeah, and all that yeah. Crap. And he, he was one of those bachelors that eventually you know, realized it was time to settle down with yeah, a he'd had enough. brunette.
0: Go back to England. Yeah, and as his night. friend
1: Ian Lafrenne says, you yeah, know, you stopped him drinking, smoking, doing drugs. You basically ruined Alan's life. <laughs> <laughs> but he was ready to be ruined.
0: Yeah, but what? How? Where does Where does the big music career fit in? That was oh, the,
1: blimey! See, I've done everything, haven't I? Um,
0: like, oh yeah, you I have see, it's done like, well, I was.
1: I got to be so. This sketcher that I did that was turned out to be really good because Paul Jackson let us do modern stuff and didn't make me do be the, butt of the, section the joke. The it was guys? called three of a kind of yeah. the bbc with fabulous black c- comedian called lenny henry yeah and a, another guy called david copperfield and it's kind of worked it became a saturday night show and i could so i was like the it girl it for was popular six months very popular what
0: and, year was that 82? 82. 82 81 <laughs> 82
1: and i remember just sitting in a hairdresser's one day getting my orange extensions put on my hair because that's where boy george used to go And a woman leant over and said, do you want to make a record? My husband has a record label called Stiff. Oh, that was a big. And she was wearing a T-shirt that said, if it ain't stiff, it ain't worth worth a a fuck. fuck. And I said, if I can get one of those T-shirts, I absolutely will.
0: And they had all the like punk rock guys. Oh, man, it was the coolest label. Why they took me on?
1: I don't know. It was mad. I I mean, it was the coolest label. Yeah. They it had like so everybody great. for a minute. Oh yeah, I had Nick Lowe and Rockpile yeah, doing my right. backing tracks. A madness. You did me a song, you know.
0: I had Nick Lowe in here. I loved him. Great. I mean, the, the Rockpile, Dave Edmonds. Yeah, Dave Edmonds, great guitar so, player. So,
1: and they had Devo in America right. and Lena Lovitch and Elvis Costello and
0: just that was the, the greatest. It was
1: really a cool label. That um, was the time. And I was a sort of like commercial pop wing for a second. And How, I had a but lot of hits and did, did somebody but I, was, I was never the real deal.
0: But I mean, but did someone invent you? I mean, were you who was writing the was songs? What a, was the idea?
1: Kirsty McCall, the late, great Kirsty McCall, um, who wrote amazing songs for herself and I I just loved her. She was um, and she'd written "They Don't Know," uh, a really wonderful song, and she'd released it, and it had done pretty well. But I just was obsessed with doing it again. And then because I was me, and I was, tr- you know, I liked to laugh, and I liked dressing up, I would just made it all kind of faux early sixties fun. Yeah, yeah. I'd put on like, beehives and purple mini skirts and do. S- crazy videos and i Old think people all songs. remember i had paul mccartney in my video and because i knew him and it was cool and i got him to sit in a car with me and so i would i had you know kirsty was the real deal you know sit there with the guitar yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant i but i sort of flashed it all up a bit yeah and it, and it but it worked and uh
0: and you had like a, i had
1: great fun for a couple of years doing a couple of hit songs I did, yeah. I had some really big hits in Europe, and then I had a big hit here with "They Don't Know." Oh yeah, yeah, um, that was her top song. ten hit. So yeah. she made some money. Yeah, Chrysalis did. Yeah, um, Paul
0: McCartney. How long have you been friends with him? How does that oh, happen? Oh,
1: long time. Well, I, I at that time as well. I was at. I did a little part in his movie. He did oh, called "Give My Regards yeah, to Broad Street," yeah, which yeah. is just kind of madness. And it he, went on for a couple of years.
0: He, he knew you from the from the TV show.
1: Yeah, and he was just yeah we just got to be friendly, with Linda and him oh I was it was just magic, you know there you, I was I, I mean because i I'd been to a Beatles concert when I was five, really? and I remember with sobbing in your- that my my mum got tickets I remember sobbing and being so overwhelmed with feelings a five year old should never have and if somebody had said to me then don't worry Tracy, you'll grow up and you'll get to meet Paul and you'll you'll get to kiss him actually in a film and <laughs> I would have been like, Don't be so silly, I think I'm going to explode. But no, um, no, you
0: saw them when they were wearing matching suits and everything. Yeah,
1: people were throwing gonks at the stage and no gonks? one could hear them. Oh, they were like stuffed toys. They were called gonks. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I remember screaming and screaming. And your mother was a fan? Oh well she that's why she got the bloody ticket. She, she loved yeah, them. She loved them. But you can remember it. I remember that concert, just being very frightened. Actually, Uh, what was happening? Yeah, I mean, it was mad. I was five. It was really frightening, Mark. I went with my boyfriend, Adam Wood. I think he was younger than me. He was like four. He wet himself. It was ridiculous. He took these two little small children,
0: screaming girls. It was horrible. I can't imagine what, (laughs) because you really watched some of those foot, some of the footage of the Stones and any of those, and the Beatles too. Like it was just something just unleashed like like it, it had never been unleashed before just young girls going crazy
1: going crazy and there they are up on stage with two amps the, the size of a four it with the size of a kellogg's cornflakes box you yeah, know yeah. no one can hear them you've got yeah. distressed five-year-olds in the front row you know did it you, was
0: did you tell paul about it, that yeah remembered that? i told him <laughs> did he remember the show
1: no oh. But um I did get to him, and he's a lovely fellow, and he's always been bumping into him all my life, and uh, you know I just feel just privileged to know him and he's lovely and he he gave Johnny a my son a plectrum when he was like three a and what? now Johnny a plectrum for a guitar you oh, know yeah. now Johnny plays guitar now and he hes does. he's just a lovely man and' uh, driving up to your house today, yeah um it's a, it's a nice area here, and there's those little bits that time forgot there's still like an ad yeah. in a window with the Beatles in four soda bottles no look, yeah it is when you i'm like wow it's Somebody really gone can, back yeah, in yeah. time this area <laughs>
0: that must be a, at a hipster store
1: it's not oh it's really no because not very hipster around here Mark. It come is. on it's gotten a little you hipster think? it has you think i don't know where you came in did you come <laughs> in a
0: time machine maybe <laughs> maybe the street that you were on is uh. like, it was from 1967 <laughs> So, so from music, why didn't you? Did you? Was there a point where you're like, I can't do this?
1: It was, I mean, I was just lip syncing my way around Europe. I used to sing into a hairbrush for a laugh. Yeah. Um, I remember being on some dumb pop show in holland and they would just sort of introduce my going hello tracy olman's here and she's crazy <laughs> you know that sort of you know when you feel just stupid they go tracy olman hello <laughs> you think oh i just feel so stupid i remember standing there in my purple miniskirt and then he and then it was live tv and then it, they were doing shock tactics, t- tactics and they put a live rat on my shoulder uh-huh. and i just thought and I just stared this guy down. I thought, "You idiot! I ain't doing this anymore." This is it. I mean, this you is just too killed my career. Yeah. yeah,
0: It's your fault. It's you your ruined fault. the fun for Dick. everybody.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you twit. And uh,
0: but was your husband? He was a TV producer. So what did he think of it from the beginning? He, like- He's
1: always said about me, "She's a nice little learner, my Trace." <laughs> <laughs> he. That's why he, he was Peter partying. Kirk's best friend. Oh, really? And they were. Uh, he made Peter Cook laugh. I mean, I mean, my husband—he was just hilarious. He was brilliant. So you knew and, uh, Peter Cook too? A little briefly, yeah. Because yeah. well, he, he used was... to—he to come and stay at my husband's with my husband, and they just—he uh, was really funny. So you were really? No, he loved what I did. He was my biggest fan. Yeah. And he just, you know, and because of him, I got to do a lot of shows that we, you know. Produced, produced and Distributed And he, but, ra- he but, raised the money for them So we didn't We could always You know I still own the catalogue now All the shows we did together So uh, set We, it up we right. thought we were The Desilu of London He Sounds like point. you were
0: <laughs> Kind of Yeah But did he think the music Was some sort of weird Kind of like She's got to get this Out of her system he, or he
1: said He liked a couple Of the early ones <laughs> And then I, I remember I had to sing Oh the worst thing Mark Yeah They brought me to Do the Tonight Show In L.A. And uh, with Carson,
0: yeah. Oh boy, As a I remember that. Yeah, and I uh-huh. remember the
1: rainbow coloured curtains. And then I thought, oh, I'll do my lip syncing. I'll do my little, you know, they yeah. don't know about us. And they yeah. said, well, this is Doc Severinsen. Remember the band oh, on yeah, the sure. Tonight Show? And you're going to sing live. Yeah. And uh, Doc uh, had the musicians work up a version. Uh-huh. Oh boy, it yeah. was like a scoop. Do it, ba ba ta 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 ta. ta, ta. It up. Yeah. <gasps> so I went on with Cars. Oh, my God. I thought I could just do my, you know, Kirsten yeah, McCauley version. Sure. I had to sing it like in this ja- jazz, yeah. you know, Doc Severinsen style. Did you pull it off? No, it was appalling. Even my husband, who was completely tone deaf, said I sounded like a wounded horse. Oh, no. <laughs> it was probably the most humiliating, dreadful <laughs> experience of my life so
0: between that and the holland experience oh, it was i was over. so
1: dumb with the uh, pop songs
0: was Sorry. johnny nice to you
1: he was terrible to me I mean, he asked me he looked at me with his cold little <laughs> he had like eye blue eyes like little bird's eggs yeah and he just said to me ah so um here you do a poetry show in england totally something totally totally wrong and i went um, no and then i found that my tongue had stuck to the roof of my mouth it was the most awful experience I did get to go back on uh, the show a few years later on like Thanksgiving night uh, with night. George Burns. Yeah. Uh and Johnny and had the most wonderful time. And you know, that sort of vindication where I got to say to him, You were horrible to me, Johnny. You asked me if I did a poetry show and I felt so stupid and I got and then we had a wonderful time. You uh-huh. know, so it went from being the worst thing ever to one of the nicest things Oh uh, and he is, remembered? No, no <laughs> probably no. not. But he took it. He took it, <laughs> and I made fun of Doc Severance and I did the whole thing. And so George was,
0: Burns was one hundred and ten.
1: He he um, no the sh- he he went on first, and I always remember him coming to my dressing room and saying, "Hello." It was George, a big cigar. <laughs> yeah. I'm really old, so I'm not going to be on when you come on because I might die. <laughs> <laughs> he said something like that, and I went, "Oh, I would hate that for you to die beside me." George went, "No, so I'll be in my little car going." Home. I said, "Don't you worry." <laughs> So he did tell me he was too old and couldn't stay on for my bit. That
0: is classy. That he knew enough to know that that panel—it was—he he didn't want you to feel like it was impolite. I
1: know. That's I love sweet. That he told me that
0: because they all, everyone needs to sit out there together. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. He couldn't. I didn't blame him. He didn't know who I was,
0: was, you know? A, was <laughs> But, but still very polite. It was lovely. So when do you, when do you start to? How does the first manifestation of the show happen?
1: Yeah, um, the, the American shows. Yeah. Well, I came to America to marry my husband. We got married. The in first the
0: t- one was the, the Tracy Allman Yeah,
1: show. and I met uh, my agent out here at the time, a lady called Martha Luttrell at ICM. She did that thing where we'll start at the top. Yeah. You can go and see this man called Jim Brooks, and, and then we'll go down from there, and we'll see if he, you know... But how? Luckily, point, he wanted to do a show with me. I just got. Really, but Jim really Brooks, lucky.
0: like at that time, like because I've talked to him, and you know, there's several people who've had great things to say about you. One, one was Jim, who I, I had a, a long talk with in here, and and the other one was uh, Genji. Oh
1: yeah. And Genji, Genji talked about
0: a lot of people, but like with you, she lit up. Oh. Because you, I guess she was a young writer Ooh. on which one Tracy takes on?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, but the but the first one was on Fox, so. How do you get Jim Brooks? You know, who's a sitcom guy, who has do- had a movie career mm. to do you?
1: I don't know. I just got lucky. He just, I appealed to see? him. What I did don't he know. See? He just liked the thought of doing a variety show, and he had some commitments at Fox, and he just, he just stuck with me. And he's people kind of were a amazed. He's a genius. He's tough. He's tough. He's really, really hard to work for. I mean, he's, he's so you know, it's painful if you don't get it right, and you care so much about what he thinks and he put a great team together. He put together this lady called Heidi Perlman, a great writer and a yeah. wonderful guy called Jerry Belson, who he was just the funniest, kindest man in the world. I mean, he'd, he'd been on the Dick Van Dyke show and he, he was Gary Marshall, yeah. but so funny and so wicked. Yeah. And I remember when we got our first, Emmy nomination and he was always bitching that I said he was old he went it's my first nomination in color <laughs> honey <laughs> and he was he used to go not he came to LA and put an ad in the in the variety of that said Jerry Belson funny as money not funny no money you know he was That's how, that was his that <laughs> was his thing and he was wonderful to me. Um, and how
0: how did the show come together? What was the pitch? What oh, did, I it was mean, just
1: doing everything—just singing, was, dancing, me doing characters, me dressing up, me. You know, so it, was, it had no
0: real structure other than no, it's all it character was, centric.
1: Yeah, it was. Our uh, inspiration. We love things like your show of shows. We just you know. Um, and
0: you had guys that remembered that. You oh, had yeah. guys that like did that type of television. Yeah, we
1: had Mel Brooks on the lot and he'd come in and do sketches with me. And and then Steve Martin came in and did a sketch with me. And it was like, I was so shy. It was like really bizarre. You know, Steve Martin wanted to come in. I was like, he didn't talk to me all week because he's kind of an odd guy. And, yeah. and it was like, you know, it was like, Tracy, take him to your room and play your records. And then on the night, he was just amazing. And we did this great sketch. and But it was a very, very frightening roller coaster ride of a show and i just stuck at it and just did tried everything i had wonderful julie kavner she's great i adored so julie i mean i had these you know dan castellanetta wonderful yeah they, that I found in chicago and
0: and they went on to you know to do the, the simpsons. simpsons yeah um
1: and how I mean, that show ran for what
0: how many did you do like 50
1: did no, we did more than that. We did like three seasons, I think, and it's never been repeated or shown anyway. It's because there was so much music in it. I think the music clearances
0: gets a little expensive. Yeah, and that was for Fox. That like was right, for right Fox. at the beginning, it was the
1: first show for Fox. Yeah, just
0: you and Married with Children. That's all they had. <laughs>
1: Married with Children and. Um, What did they do? Mr. President. Madeleine Kahn was in a show and George C. Scott was in something. And Patty Duke was in something. I mean, it was, yeah, it was. uh,
0: And now it's like it became this huge thing. That was the very beginning of it. That
1: was the beginning.
0: And how did it end?
1: What with me? Yeah. Um, Well, it just was, we won some Emmys and we were very, um, you know, very well thought of. And then The Simpsons spun off from the show, which was, <laughs> that's what people remember it for now, um, which was incredible. I remember when
0: it was on that, like, I, no, I remember that there was some sort of cultural kind of like, there's this genius lady here now.
1: It was sweet. Yeah. It was, that, it was that odd. Yeah. yeah and I'd sort of be on Interview Magazine. Right. With the cover. Right. And and every um, time you
0: go look and check in with what you were doing, you're like, I don't know who she really is. I know.
1: And then people just thought that there was a room that I was somebody from Texas and I was just sort of impersonating. Oh, really? Yeah, that I was really from Texas. I don't know. But, yeah, it's it was it was pretty cool. It was suddenly I was, yeah, and I got tons of offers to do things. And I, I thought, well, what I really can do with these characters and I really dissolve into being other people. And that's what Jim Brooks understood. He, you know. He used to sort of think I was his little Peter Sellers at one time, and that was the biggest compliment ever. Did you love um, Peter Sellers? Oh, yeah.
0: Like, Because I, I imagine as somebody who grew up in Britain, that was like, he was the guy.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he was you know, genius, and to be, you know...
0: He really was uh, oh, kind of like, I can't, was, it's hard to even explain it. Oh,
1: just like the early, you know, comedies of that, I'm All Right Jack. I mean, we, you remember from Doctor Strange, Love, yeah, sure. and... and um, you know, the Pink Panther, but early English films with him portraying b- people throughout the class system in England fascinated me because that's what, you know, my, my whole thing about the class system. And you
0: did a whole big, bit, of, uh, a series of shows about the class
1: system. I did you? a, yeah, I did a show with Michael Palin about it and we played lots of, uh, <laughs> we, uh it was great. It was that's one show. of the benefits. I love, I love Palin. I just want to work he's, more with Palin. Uh, he's uh, he's a sweetheart. Oh, yeah. It's
0: adorable. But there, that's some of the, one of the benefits of, of Britain, I guess, in, in a in, in a comedic way, is that you guys admit that there's a class system. In, in America, everybody thinks they're, you know, like just about to be upper class.
1: Yeah, yeah and, and, and
0: Or they're just poor and they're And there I'm is there, a class system
1: here. It's more about no, money and stuff. Well, that's stuff, what I'm... But, yeah. yeah, there definitely yeah. is,
0: but no one talks about no, it. No,
1: no. Um, but
0: in England, it's sort of like, you know the d- delineation.
1: Oh, totally. I mean, it's it still perpetuates because you've got the queen at the top. Right. Right. And then, you and know, then, and it, you got these Eaton schoolboys. You know, we had Cameron and Boris Johnson and, you know, George Osborne. It was like Eaton reunion in Downing Street a couple of years ago. And, you know, it's that <laughs> stuff that drives me potty. And my husband was such a working class guy. It just made him nuts.
0: But, yeah, but the work, but there seems to be a continue, like, I, maybe I'm projecting, but. Given the class system that it's so entrenched and it's been going on for so long, mm. there still is this weird acceptance of it and reverence of the Queen, yeah. no matter what. No. Yeah. And and you just kinda of suck it up and that's who you are. Until then until there's a Brexit vote and then you really know what's going on.
1: It's yeah. And I, I've kind of got a grudging respect for her now. I mean she's in her nineties and she's done an amazing job, but the rest of it and what it stands for, yeah. it's like we pay people millions of pounds to be better than us. You know, I just don't get it. I mean, it was yeah, and then people meet them and go, "Oh, they're marvelous! Oh, they're marvelous!" You go, "What?" Because they're up in Scotland in (laughs) Range Rovers shooting things, owning all the fishing rights. What? Don't say anything nasty about her. They're marvelous. You go, "Why?" (laughs) I I never got it. I, I don't get it.
0: I guess it's. Uh, I don't know. Oh. I, 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 it's, it's historical. I guess. I, I mean, what else could it well, be? Well, yeah, I mean,
1: America loves it. I mean, it's our tourists. It's it's wonderful. You know, people come to England and they look at the palaces and the collections and the history and the Tower of London and the beheadings and all the Henry VIII. It's fabulous. But I don't think you need people living actively in these places anymore. We'd still right. make just as much money showing everyone around, like, like right, the right, bicycling yeah, monarchy, yeah. like a the Dutch, just get You know, an apartment
0: somewhere. Get the queen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Get, get the queen a yeah, nice apartment. Fine, you know, a nice timeshare condo <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. on Donald Trump's golf course up in Scotland. You know, I, I
0: remember I was there during uh, right after high school, and and it was Charles and Diana's wedding when oh, I was boy, there, yeah. and it was
1: crazy. Yeah,
0: and I did. I didn't really know anything about it. I it just happened to be there, and I was. I think I was in France, and, and the whole world was going nuts. <laughs> I know. Did you ever meet her?
1: Yeah, I liked her. I felt sorry for her. I thought she was trying to, you know, do something. And she realized that you couldn't sit around and do nothing. And as I say, shoot things up in range, with Range <laughs> Rovers in Scotland. You yeah. had to get out and meet some folk and go to hospitals and stuff. I think she earned her keep. I liked her. I thought it was a tragedy. And
0: they were so mad about that in a way, it weren't they? It was odd, that...
1: yeah. But it's our soap opera. It sells all the papers. It's People love it, really. I think you know, that's it's, why they love it. Yeah, you... we're never going to be a republic. You know, we did get rid of them years ago. Yeah. Yeah killed charles the first and we had oliver yeah, Cromwell for 11 years and yeah. it was jolly dull evidently <laughs> and he wouldn't let anybody do anything or you know play a lot of music and then we got charles the second in with his long hair and his spaniels and all his mistresses and it was fun again <laughs> you know so we did I, do it once i guess that's
0: what keeps it keeps the spirit up over there it's just, it's <laughs> sort of like <laughs> the like, royals have got to be crazy and fun and
1: they're just more interesting and better than us. <laughs> i don't know but uh so
0: like the simpsons like that was just a series of interstitial stuff yeah arms.
1: yes Matt Groening came in and he'd written his life in hell I remember remember those yeah, books remember, we used yeah, to buy sure. those in you know yeah. shops on Melrose yeah. and Heidi Perlman was a big fan and I remember him coming in and meeting him and brilliant fella and then he created the Simpsons for the show and seeing the first drawings of you know Bart. large with blue hair yeah Julie and a yeah um I love impersonating her. it's so mean yeah. And uh, they just, off they went. And I'll my goodness, say. it's become it's astonishing.
0: Did you get a piece of it?
1: I get a tiny piece of it, yes, Mark, enough to you nice. know, keep me comfortable. And <laughs> I know it's doing well. I was just in Italy and, you know, it's got uh, Le Simpsons bath bathroom, you know, <laughs> bagno del lavaggio <laughs> in these little shops. And I, yeah. go, and I go, Johnny, it's just paid for the holiday, kid. You know, I mean, it's just
0: everywhere. It's, it's like crazy. Coca-Cola.
1: Well, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. And it keeps going. It keeps going. So, all right. So, what happens? Like, like it's hard to go through your whole career, obviously.
1: (laughs) Also, (laughs) I drive everyone mad. I tried bits of everything, and then I did really classy stuff. You know, I was in a film with Meryl Streep as I was a pop star. Yeah, I got cast in plenty, and that was fabulous. You know, serious. Wonderful, and you can movie. do it. I can, I can,
0: you can be serious. I can be serious. is it boring darling? You? I'm a thespian, yeah, you know? No, you that
1: was what I and i had a wonderful time doing that.
0: So, was there a point where you got tired of TV and just were like, I gotta, like, gonna do? No, I've up. never
1: been tired of TV. I like TV, it's great, it's where my strength has been. I've I've done a few movies, I've never had a really successful movie or. Um, I love quite, being a part of them but TV's great and it couldn't world, be better now and you know goes, and you, and you, bang you do working. another one the next week it's, right. not, it's, it's not very good okay we'll do another show next week and it's that excitement and the movies and,
0: take for fucking oh, and
1: then they just sit there and they're awful
0: you never know when they're going to come out you don't even remember what it's about no, by the time it comes out no so what, what was the HBO how did you shift Like,
1: well I'd finished doing the Fox show and then I had sort of great respect and interest from people and Chris Albrecht um, uh, oh, Michael Fuchs yeah um, Michael Fuchs was Carolyn still there Carolyn Strauss yeah and they, I know they uh, I'd done the show about class system in England with yeah. Michael Palin and they thought that would be a good um, format for America and, and then I took on New York and I would take on all these different subjects and that's how the HBO show and got they were, going
0: and they were themed
1: yeah yeah so it gave me a central theme and I just
0: and that's where you together. met Genji
1: that's when I met Genji she'd uh She'd been working on, I think, Friends and she was like the kid, you know, she yeah. came in with her tight jeans and she was always very cool, Genji, you know, she'd just been playing, yeah. you know, cards with Hispanic guys on the boardwalk in Venice, you know, she was always, had. A, she had like multi-ethnic friends, you'd go, wow, Genji, and she was just and I just felt a bit like a headmistress though I go, where's your script you know it's like where's your homework <laughs> um she'd take a bit of time turning in her homework but when when it came in it was just fabulous
0: well how did those how did that work on those shows like in general with the writers when you were doing characters they'd come up would you come up with the characters were yeah,
1: they... I pretty much come up with the characters and then
0: and then they place it or yeah you... and then you
1: we'd find a way to apply them to that show and I had different <laughs> different groups like I'd have Genji my young my kid yeah I had a lovely girl parent who would used to did the Golden Girls and had done Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, brilliant. Who was that? Um, Forget her name. Gail Parent. Uh And then I had uh, Ian Lafrenet and Dick Clement, English writers who they were on. I mean, I had lots of George McGrath and just this various group of people that were very diverse and eclectic, which is what I do. And, And some were better at writing for certain characters. And there were some characters I could just always write myself. Um, And we would collaborate and I'd work with different people and it just all came together. And would
0: there be plenty of room for riffing, improvising?
1: Totally. I was, it's like 30% to me on the day is spontaneous and happens and yeah.
0: And so after all these like shows you did here, to go back to Britain, mm. back to the BBC, mm-hmm. was must have been like going to like, like you were a kid again.
1: It was funny. <laughs> I mean, I... It's,
0: because it's so, it's like entrenched, isn't it? It's like it is what like there's that old studio there. I did a, some sort of radio <laughs> show there, and you feel the history if it's yeah. a, what I'm thinking. If it's the same building, it's,
1: yeah. There's the radio studios are still there. All the TV stuff is gone now. The studios, uh, um, but I wanted to spend more time in England after my husband died and be near my daughter Mabel, who is just the power source and just amazing. And so, and the BBC said, "Would you like to come in and talk about a project?" I thought, "My God, I haven't been here for thirty years," and I. You know, I thought I was going to go back in. It would be all the, what, what, what? You know, the old fellows with the, there was a fellow there with a bow tie, Robin Nash. And it fought in the Second World War. More jokes about traffic wardens. That's probably what, 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 what? And they used to do that sort of stuff. I thought, oh, God, and it's those guys again. I'm just sunk. And I went in and it's now run by an incredible woman called Charlotte Moore. Uh-huh. And there was a young girl called My Fanwee Moore. And uh, My Fanwee is such a Welsh name. And um, they just said, you know, would you like to, do a show about modern day Britain, and I said, "Yeah, Britain's so great right now. It's a melting pot, and we're all like multi-ethnic and European Union, and you know this global hub." And you know, a year later, we vote bloody Brexit. <laughs> but um, but I did it knowing that HBO were going to take it as well because yeah. I said I can't just do things about England. I'm so global now. Yeah, and um, so I gave it a go again. You know, you got to crack on and do it, and found some fabulous writers and it's it's been a joy uh, English writers mostly? yeah but actually the guys that write on Veep um, oh yeah what was the Armando Iannucci yeah, yeah Kevin Cecil Andy Riley Georgia Pritchett particularly they all write on Veep and then and they're but they're English so it's a
0: funny show man
1: yeah they're great they're great it's a really good team so and it's you know it's come together and I do impersonations now which I never really used to do but what I you realized they oh, you, would, you uh, did. there's a difference between characters did. and yeah.
0: impersonations
1: and I thought so in a way it's been a bit naughty because I, I do Judy Dench
0: oh she you do it great
1: and play her as a national treasure <laughs> and she's so well thought of that she can shoplift and nobody does anything about it uh, yeah. and so in a way I was stealing from the legend that is Judy Dench and yeah, it was great. It was Camilla very, it was very funny. Parker Bowles, you know, the, That
0: was that, that's funny um, too, I Maggie that. Smith and oh, yeah.
1: Angela Merkel has been a big hit for me. Yeah. I just sort of imagined her as somebody she probably isn't and right. it has been. It's well it's been hard wonderful. to it's hard to read, huh? I think that she thinks she's very sexy and she's a big sex bomb, sex bomb. And that um, young Lord Juncker is always trying to, you know, to smell her sexy mask. And I imagined her as somebody that's amongst all the men and she's wearing a beige suit and she's very sex bomb. (laughs) So that was my premise for her. That's been the problem. Everyone's trying to hit on her.
0: her. Oh, really? (laughs) So (laughs) she's having to shut down.
1: You know, with what's going on in America and her allegiance with Macron in France and Germ- Germany together, you know they're becoming. I think Americans are much more aware of of her. Oh yeah. And uh, I just love Brigitte Macron. I've got, I want to be her, and I love the way Trump said, uh, "You look great. Yeah, You're yeah. physically in great shape." Oh shiver! Yeah, it's sh- you know. <laughs> so embarrassing.
0: <laughs> Do you do, oh, you do Melania, too? Oh,
1: we did Melania, like, as a West World robot that the Russians have sent in years ago. What she was, she was yeah, yeah. an early robot, and then now, you know, she's like a mere space station. She needs to be dropped into sea. But they're trying to keep her going. <laughs> yeah, because they get, need the yeah, information. Yeah, because they need the information. But she's really old now. They need, She needs to be replaced. <laughs> so we keep having her coming in for a retool. <laughs> um, That's hilarious.
0: So, and they're all available on HBO now?
1: Uh yeah. They get the. I, there's the first season's on it has been on HBO already, and the second season will be on after Bill Maher's show in October. So, Great. Yeah. good And slot. you got
0: nominated for an Emmy. I did. Again. Yes. How nice. How many do you won?
1: I've got seven.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, it's lovely. It's exciting.
1: Yep. Yeah. I ne- know, I'm still doing it, you look, gets, you know.
0: Yeah, it never gets old winning awards, does it? No,
1: it's it's lovely, it gives everyone a boost, people love it. And the Emmys is like the top thing, it's lovely. You know? Do you
0: do, like, do you do a much stage work? No,
1: I no. couldn't do stand-up or stuff. And I.
0: But uh, what about acting on the I
1: stage? I have done plays at times, I'm just not an eight-show-a-week person. Yeah. I find it I find it hard, I don't know, you've done theatre.
0: A little. I do stand up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't done much theater and I just did my first couple of TV shows and, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I I have a whole new like, you know, one thing you realize as a stand up is that maybe I didn't get into this to work (laughs) 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 because like, you know, I I love acting and stuff, but there is a lot of waiting involved. Where you're mm. kind of like, yeah. hey, okay, it's about to happen. Oh. I'm about to, yeah, I'm Films are even worse. It, you know, yeah, I not... know. But uh, I, I love doing it. I loved, uh, like I did my own show for four seasons and that was great and that was very busy. But you you work your ass off. Mm. And you're wearing heavy makeup.
1: Oh, like, I I like I can't, like
0: I have to imagine that some of the bits that you do, you're in the chair for a, a day. Six hours? What? It's
1: just, no, there's no makeup I will do anymore that takes more than two hours. I and mean, they have to be pre-painted and, you know, ready to go. And I get two guys to stick it on me in the morning. And then I, but if I'm in them for more than 14 hours, I start to go a bit nuts. It's like spielunking. It's like, you know, yeah. being buried alive. And there's nothing worse than a member of the crew walking <laughs> past you and and saying... Are you okay in there? Yeah, in there, okay. and you're covered in England. you For like, a you stupid sod? Why did you mention that?
0: In there, are no. you okay in there? No, help me! <laughs> help me!
1: Give me out! Get yeah, me out. and I'd be in a he fat said, suit and a. You know, with a oxygen tank thing beside me to keep me cool, and you know the wig, and the and you think, oh boy, why am I? What do I do this for? And it's, but it's what I just love it. It's if I try and in, look man. like me, what's the point? So what? you know, I'm still doing it, and I still love it. I, I'm now doing more because of the political scene. Actually, people really want current stuff. It was no good like shooting a show. And six months later, the piece with Angela Merkel or Theresa May or Melania Trump coming out—you know—it's got to be like Saturday Night yeah, Live a little next bit. Week. You know, we, yeah, we sh- we've been writing stuff like on and shooting on a Thursday, and it goes out on the Saturday. You have to and now. It's so, yeah, you have to because
0: the news cycle, so the news
1: cycle, and people's attention span and everything. So it's kind of exciting working that way.
0: But where was that piece that I saw or I watched of Theresa? I mean, it seems like you did. They're they're long form pieces. They're not sketch pieces. They're you, you know you give these characters time to breathe. Yeah, yeah. Because you sort of have to mm, in get, order yeah. to give it some depth and to make it really hit. Yeah. I mean, that's good writing. I mean, you're not just going for some weirdo
1: No, it's know, not tag. a quick, quick, cheap impersonation of yeah, just yeah. being me. No, I really like to know what the underlying stuff is. And, yeah, that was uh, – but, that, you know, we got to mention within that sketch, you know, yeah, yeah. The stuff, stuff that hadn't even happened yet. So, you know, that was – no we uh that's what i like to do yeah well, exactly informed. and no laugh track and stuff and, no
0: no it's much better you no know, no so what we have in, in looking back do you know why do you get lost in characters do you know do you find i mean do you, you seem to like yourself yeah <laughs> i mean you don't seem <laughs> to be uncomfortable I'm, pretty, I'm a
1: really normal kind of person I mean, right. i'm mean, i not like you know i'm so not there's no, like, dark depressed but there's no know, reason i'm supposed like, to be so miserable Losing comedy i mean i've had some bleak things happen to me, but I'm certainly, I'm a pretty sensible person. But you're
0: not getting lost in characters because you can't, you know, because you can't stand. <sighs>
1: no, no. no I, I soon snap out of it. Yeah, yeah. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> my, my family would be like, oh, shut up. <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, enough. Yeah, enough. Stop it. So um, do you have
0: a place here too or what?
1: Uh, not anymore. I, I don't live in LA anymore. So you're just running around I love coming doing the to come, thing? Yeah, I just come back in and uh, see my son and... Because um, I'm in England mostly, and you know what you tend to do when you come to LA now? Medical. Oh, really. Yeah. <laughs> over there you know they don't know anything about preventative medicine you know it's like well if you haven't got flames coming out the top of your head you don't need to see me do you <laughs> here, you, can, you can fill like weeks with yeah. like you know minor medical appointments oh, so they you... love it here it's such a big business here yeah yeah well, right, you, but you've also
0: like... got the guild coverage I imagine so you <laughs> I do. just go down to Bob Hope oh, Health Centre and ever... it's like <laughs> it's... <laughs> that's, that's so funny that's a vacation like you have national health yeah. care there which is fine but yeah. you can really make a week of it here
1: you could really Really make up two two at my age please it's always bits to do it's all maintenance you know <laughs> so you
0: got all up to speed you know what you, yeah, eat, yeah, what you got so to do. yeah yeah i do that once and,
1: a year <laughs> yeah okay oh, well
0: i'm glad you're well thank you for I'm talking I'm well yeah. it's nice
1: to talk to you i
0: think that was good do you feel good about it
1: yeah
0: i was nervous about it so I have to why
1: do you I'm not I, like talking to girls
0: no i like talking to girls who do you
1: like talking to
0: i like talking to everybody but similar every, types that you no, no 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 what happens to me is that because i put so much reliance on the conversation occurring that i don't really do a lot of like structural questions so like i always get nervous sort of like what if what if we don't talk what if it that doesn't happen it's Some people
1: aren't really... Impro- Some people aren't spontaneous. What if you, you have anyone in here to... that's a bit stupid and dull and doesn't talk back to you... Well I, mean, I know I just talk ad nauseum and probably talk a load of crap, but I always think if I no. spoke to someone and they just, like, think... They just stopped. Well,
0: think, oh, no, what shit. happened... What used to happen and what sometimes happens is that people expect to be interviewed. So if <laughs> if if someone comes in here and they're just sort of like, OK... Then I'm like, oh, no.
1: The publicist yeah. sitting behind them. No, I don't instead. let anyone in here. I don't.
0: I I don't let anyone in here. But sometimes it takes like 15, 20 minutes to find one thing that will just open it up. Like something will open it up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> you just don't know what it's going to be. Like you, mm. like I've had people come in here like um, John C. Riley. He literally comes in and goes, I don't like doing these. I don't want to, I don't it ruins the mystique about who I am and thank God I used to have a clown painting in my hu- <laughs> in my house and he just went off on clowns for like 20 minutes right. I'm like thank God for clowns and that he loves clowns
1: he likes clowns well yeah oh, well, he had, had it was just like, like a way to talk yeah yeah Like I don't yeah. know
0: when it's gonna happen yeah but no I, I like talking to everybody I've never had that big of a problem I like talking to girls it's nice to talk to women I don't. Does it seem like I have a problem?
1: No. Some some comics are such a man's world. Some many the like women or they don't like women, especially in comedy. I think you know. There's some. There's a real boys' club group.
0: I think that's true. I, I believe that's true. But I think that they've been proven wrong. Yeah. I, I maybe you need to it's, remind it's, them occasionally.
1: It, well, it's, it's, it's a great time for girls right now. I mean, it's like it's me going on about reminding myself. Yeah. About Carol Burnett, about Lily Tomlin, about Gilda Radner, about Lucille Ball, about Gracie Allen, George Byrne's wife,
0: Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, genius, amazing. I I don't think that people give Carol Burnett and those people enough credit. Really, I've wanted to talk to her. I and Lily Tomlin. Look, I've I've tried. Yeah, I've talked to Julia Louis Dreyfus. She's shy. Who, Carol Burnett? Carol,
1: she is really. I mean, she's just a lovely, lovely actress. I mean, her, you know, she was so endearing and so loved. And so, and then so, you know, some of the sketches, they're so fabulous. She's so sad. Yeah, I know, Um, I know. And to talk to her about her time in the CBS lot, yeah, and how she felt like she was the goody-goody lady doing her show and the Smothers Brothers next door were like smoking dope and saying, we're the bad boys. And yeah. you've got to talk to her about being on the lot at that time. It's fabulous.
0: But you do think now that the, the sort of boys club is diminishing a bit, don't you?
1: Yeah, a little bit because it was because there's
0: so many great shows like uh, Insecure is another great show oh um,
1: yeah she's, she's gorgeous. gorgeous love her
0: I gotta talk I'm and then she, I love
1: Donald Glover you know just talk, in Atlanta my that's new fucking, favorite one that's and, a great but show. I love seeing ensemble shows where yep. everyone can yeah um, Veep is real good at that Veep is great it's
0: crazy she's uh, crazy funny yeah they do like some
1: I'd like I, we got to have a fiber woman in Late Night now it's a bit much we got Samantha B and that's great but it would be nice to see
0: that's true. Yeah, As a host? Know, we
1: can't keep at the women in daytime giving away hair dryers and talking about ovarian cancer. I mean, let us do some late night shit, guys.
0: I think you just pitched for your uh, late night <laughs> show. Are you ready to host? <laughs> no, Is I that... couldn't do it. No?
1: <laughs> no, not me. But well, I'm
0: glad that uh, your show's still on. I'm glad you're still working. Thanks Thank you for very talking much. to me.
1: It's lovely to talk to you.
0: That was Tracy Almond almond no tracy Ullman. and as i said the second season of her hbo show tracy Ullman's show premieres this friday october 20th please go get the book if you haven't gotten it waiting for the punch words to live by from the wtf podcast by mark Marin and brendan mcdonald bunch of people in there 150 160 bits and pieces of interviews themed beautifully contextualized through chapters that you can all relate to yeah it's a good book You can go to get it at a bookstore. You can go to markmarinbook.com. So there's that, and I'll noodle for a second, and then I got to go. Boomer lives!